Hi guys, welcome to Cup of Joe, episode 8, here on a Tuesday here in Marysville. I got my good buddy Peyton Nice here, and we're going to talk uh, We're gonna talk about some sports today, and we're going to kick it together. Peyton, say hi. What up, guys? How's it going? <laughs> What's up, Bricks? Alright, what's up, Peyton? How are you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm really excited to talk some, some tournaments, some jackets, some reds. Just have some good overall conversation. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right. Um, so as you guys know, uh, special guest Peyton Nice today, uh, one of my longtime friends, went to high school together, and he wanted to come on the show and talk some sports. So, all right, we're going to start with the tournament. Um, crazy weekend, man. Any Absolutely. opening any opening thoughts? I mean, I, I'm overwhelmed. I don't remember a season a tournament in March where we've had this many upsets, so many one and two seeds going down early. This is just crazy. I mean, it really is. I've never remembered a tournament where I got my bracket more wrong. It's yeah. been terrible. It's yeah. it's been it's been awful to watch because I've been rooting for these teams and I talked to my dad and like he was like maybe we just shouldn't fill out brackets next year because <laughs> like we just look bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um all right, Peyton, give me your biggest upset of the weekend. Start us off. Well, I think in our pre-show discussion, I kind of know where you're going. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a little oddball out here, and I think I'm going to take um, Oregon State um, over Tennessee in the first round. All right. And then um, Oregon State over Oklahoma State in the, uh, the second round there. Um, I was overwhelmed with their play. Um, they took down a decent um, Tennessee team. Obviously didn't make as deep of a run in the SEC tournament as they would like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was overwhelmed with their play, and I'm looking forward to, to watching them the rest of the tournament. I definitely agree. I watched that game against Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State obviously has uh, Cade Cunningham, and he's a great talent, and he's going to be a top two, three pick. And they didn't really shut him down, but they kind of let him get his, and then they shut everybody else down, and it worked out for them. And they they ran them out of the gym. I mean, I got to look this up, but, like, how many three-pointers did they hit in that game? Oregon like, State? Yeah, Oregon State. Yeah. They just, they, like, were running and gunning, man. Mm-hmm. So um, I like that pick because Oregon State got hot towards the end of the year, won the Pac-12 tournament, Yeah. and this tournament's about – Whoever's hot at the right time. Like, whoever's hot at the right time and whoever's the best team. And I've got those stats pulled up for uh, Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Uh, guard Ethan Thompson for Oregon State. 15 for 16 from the line. How about that? That that's, is that's a, unbelievable. It's efficient. That's going to win you a lot of ball games. Yeah, it is. Um, I like that pick. Um, so my pick would be... The obvious pick, but I mean, it's the lowest seed that's in the Sweet 16 currently. It's Oral Roberts. I think their mascot is the Eagles. Yeah, that sounds right. I think so. But again, didn't even know what state this team was in. And they come in and beat a power like Ohio State. And then they followed up two days later and they beat Florida. Like, I just got to give it up to this team because they are such a small mid-major that they're making a run like you know um let me see I think it's like oh golden eagles Mm -hmm. um but unbelievable they have 
Max, I think. Ace Miss. Abe Miss, yeah, or something like that. But um, he had, obviously, he's got some range, and he, like, if I'm not mistaken, he, like, I don't know, he's pretty up there in, like, scoring for the NCAA. Yeah, I, I believe that he's the, the leading scorer in the whole country. Yeah, so, average, yeah. I mean, should have let Ohio State know that because they didn't really want to cover him in the first <laughs> half of that game. But um, just unbelievable. Um, two 15 seeds have made the Sweet 16. They're the second team. First team was Florida Gulf Florida Coast. Florida Gulf Coast, Dunk City. There you go. Uh, the Lob City of uh, college basketball. Yep. So uh, love those picks. Um, so um, give me your favorite going into the Sweet 16, Peyton. I mean, it's 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 really hard to to bet against Gonzaga. Yeah. It's hard to All bet right. against your one seed Baylor. Yeah. Um. I've been really impressed with Arkansas's play. They really mm-hmm. they put it to Utah State in the first round. For sure. Knocked off a really good Texas Tech team. Um, very good Texas. Round. Very good Texas Tech team. Um, I I think my my sleeper pick for that would be uh, USC. I had the Trojans losing in the first round to uh, either that Drake Michigan. Uh, Michigan State split there. Drake Wichita State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Wichita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My you're, fault. My fault. You're good. Um, and I I had them losing in the first round, but I've been really impressed. Um, they put it to Kansas last night. Um, put it to them. Literally yeah. won by thirty. Yeah, an eighty-five fifty-one um defeat over the Jayhawks. Uh, personally, any Bill Self defeat is a <laughs> is a good day for me. Yeah. Um, so I I'm gonna say a, a sleeper pick um, into the Elite Eight, into the Sweet Sixteen, maybe even further um, in that West bracket is uh, the USC Trojans. Okay, I like that. So I'm gonna go. I mean, obviously the obvious pick is Gonzaga, but you know, for the sake of argument, I you know I won't pick them. I'm going to say Gonzaga would be my pick if I was a betting man because mm-hmm. Kispert, Suggs, Drew Timmy, Drew Timmy, like, good Lord. He is like, he had 30 points and 12 rebounds yesterday against Oklahoma. They just, they look dominant. I mean, they, they score like 90 points per game, it seems like. It's ridiculous. I mean, they have. And they put it to Oklahoma in that second round game. I mean, Oklahoma is not a bad team. Yeah. They played a very tough schedule in the Big 12. Um, I believe they knocked off maybe West Virginia twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure they uh, had a close couple games with Baylor. I'm not really sure exactly what, what their schedule looked like there. Yeah. But that is a a tough a tough Big 12 um, conference to to roll through. And they ended up with the 8th seed. Probably got a, a little bit of an unlucky draw playing... Uh, Gonzaga there in the second round, um, but they're one of those teams that I feel like uh, the betters, um, the people in Vegas could have could have pulled the upset for Oklahoma there, um, and they've had a really good good uh, pass in the in the tournament as well. So yeah, definitely agree. Um, Buddy Heald, I remember that team. That team was fun to watch. That team went to the Final Four. Buddy Buckets. Um, so I mean. I totally agree. Gonzaga is making these good teams look ordinary. Mm-hmm. And it's just because they're 
they just have so much offensive firepower that's overwhelming, like for other teams, because they can't, I mean, they they can't keep up. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go a few sleeper picks. How about the Villanova Wildcats? Yeah. Like, Jay Wright, been there, done that. He's won two championships. I mean, could I say, except for Mark Few, he's the best coach left in this tournament. And this this tournament's a lot of like about coaching. Yeah. It's a lot about coaching and veteran leadership in your locker room. And like so I'm gonna go the Villanova Wildcats. They like, you know, they so they played uh Winthrop. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people had Winthrop beating Villanova. I, I in fact, had Me too. Winthrop beating them in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, North Texas goes down and <clears throat> destroys Purdue. Yeah. A good Purdue uh, Purdue team coming out of the Big Ten. Um, they beat, beat North Texas by 23. Their next round against Baylor. I don't know if I'm all that confident without... Connor Gillespie. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I mean, that's why I bring him on the show, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, to give good points. It, it's it's gonna be I tough. Have, I have a hard time believing that Villanova could knock off Baylor with Connor Gillespie. Um, I still think they have that Archie Diacono guy. Yep. Um, round two there, I think he, brother played for them as well, or maybe he's I, just been there a long time. I don't know. Nope. Yes, sir. Ryan Archie Diacono, uh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, he plays for the Bucks, right? Yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, let's let's. Look I think it's up. the Bucks. I think I it's like into their game the other day. It's like seventy sixers. It's probably like the Bucks G League team or something like that. Um, no Bulls. Bulls, okay. Bulls, okay. I think you're thinking uh, Divincenzo. That is what I'm thinking. Yes, yes, yes. You got me there. Yep. Uh, Divincenzo. I remember 2018. He came off the bench for Villanova championship game against Michigan. Scores like 30 and uh, helps lead Villanova to the championship that year. Mm-hmm. And again, all these Villanova guys, I mean, Jay Wright's doing something right there. Yep. I mean, he's it's kind of a factory, not going to lie. And I think a team that we haven't really mentioned yet, the um, Alabama Crimson Tide um, down there in that east bracket. Um, Just taking Nate care. Nate Oates, you, you mentioned good coaching. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about how well he um, manages that team down there in, in Alabama and... Um, I was really impressed. Uh, they took on uh, Iona in the first round. Talk about a good coach in Rick Pitino. Yep. Um, either Rick. love or hate the guy. Hey, uh, it, I mean, that could have been an upset. Exactly. That was close for a while. Exactly. Rick's got some, you know, yeah, he's no, got some... Like they were going to battle back there late late in the game, and, and then they... they uh, they took on Maryland in there in the second round. And, and destroyed I, them. And and really, really made an, uh, an image for themselves. Yeah. And, and another cool thing to note, he's wearing a really nice suit jacket. And I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big sportsman for... Uh, there you go. Uh, fancy attire. Fancy attire looking good over there on the, uh, looking on sh- the sidelines. Yeah, <laughs> looking sharp. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I got to consider the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um had a great season. Mm-hmm. Nate Oates is up for coach of the year. And, I mean, yeah, definitely. And, and that East Division as well, um, they're going to take on UCLA here in the next round after um, UCLA trounced um, Abilene Christian, who knocked off Shaka Smart's Texas in the first round. Um, Alabama has a, a nice little run to potentially make that uh, that Final Four there in that East side. Um, Michigan takes on the... 
uh, Florida State Seminoles. Um, obviously, they're without livers. Um, they Huge. did they did beat LSU by twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting a little bit of a closer game. I know that um, it was close there for a while. I think they they traded some scores back and forth, but they trailed. I think for a little while they did tra- they? they trailed in did that they? game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't count out uh, Nate Oates in the in the Crimson Tide um, to uh, maybe make a, a Final Four run. I know I kind of had them losing there in the second round to the the winner of the UConn Maryland game, but yes, they, I did too. They they clearly. Um, have figured some stuff out. So, speaking of nice little pass to the Final Four, why don't you look at the Houston Cougars path? Yeah, that's right. Um, the lo- yeah. the the highest seed left in their region, ladies and gentlemen, is an eight seed in Loyola Chicago. Kelvin Sampson, get this team to the Final Four. If you do not get this team to the Final Four, it's gonna be a disappointment. Exactly. It's right there in front of them. Yeah, and. <laughs> Uh, another sleeper pick. I know some people were were throwing around Cleveland State there in the first round. Um, Houston playing in that same conference with uh, what is that? Cincinnati and Memphis and the American. The American, yeah. I was like, is that the A ten or American? Whatever? Yeah, yeah, AAC. Um, so it's one of those things where Cleveland State gave a a tough tough I don't know go around with the Buckeyes there. Um, I think that was maybe December, January. Definitely early in the season. Yeah. Um, I think Cleveland State was maybe ahead for a tiny bit there. Um, but played, they, played them tough. They definitely played them tough. Um, and then beat Rutgers by uh, three there in the second round. Um, they're going to take on a tough Syracuse team led by Buddy Bayheim, Coach Jim Bayheim. Yes, uh, sir. The Bayheim bunch there. Father, and, son. Yeah. And that's another thing is uh, – uh, I know that we're going to talk about a, a double digit to the final four kind of thing, and I I don't mean to leeway into that too yeah. soon. But hey, thank you, Pate. Like think, we're gonna we're gonna go into that. So I think that 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 Syracuse in the Midwest bracket with that that, that with the Houston, um, that's gonna be a tough matchup for them. Um, I think Syracuse is one of those teams that's one of the toughest, hottest teams right now in the tournament. I mean, obviously, we've got Oregon State in that bracket as well. They take on uh, Loyola Chicago um, in the Sweet 16. But, yeah, I, I think the Syracuse, uh, what are they? Orange. Orange, yeah. They could uh, give a tough little run for the for Houston. Yeah, there might be a new Buddy Buckets in town. Exactly. Uh, Buddy Beheim. Uh, he is definitely, he's a shooter, man. He's, uh, you know, he's a knockdown shooter. And, and they play such good defense. That 2-3 zone, I know that's been Bayheim's MO for the last century. It feels like he's been at Syracuse yeah. for a while now. and I, I don't know. They've done that forever, man. And that's an interesting like concept because they've done that forever and teams still can't crack the exactly. code. Because they do it at such a high level. High level. And it's so... It's high pressure. I mean, when you are focusing on that, that the ball handler at the top, it's not a one three one or even like a box one where you you've got that guy kind of roaming around. The, yeah, it's but, nothing fancy. It's literally your standard like two three zone. Exactly. It's literally two, two at the elbows, three near the baseline. Exactly, and a lot of people talk about. Especially in women's basketball, taking away the two-three zone, taking away zones. Period. Just 
making, uh, in this case, females guard up and uh, sure. uh, eliminate uh, the best scorer. I know uh, there's a lot of teams right now. Paige Bugers for, for the UConn's women's basketball. Paige Buckets. She's, Check her out. She is tearing it up on the women's side. She is. Um, actually filled out several brackets on the women's side. It's you really did? hard to not it's really hard to not pick uh the Yukon Huskies to throttle through everybody. Definitely. Um, Gina Oriema, I think uh, still there. It's got like ten championships, man. Dude, it's ridiculous. Legend. Um so yeah. Um uh definitely Syracuse has always been a good tournament team. Mm-hmm. I mean Bayheim obviously has a lot of experience and I mean another team I think that has a good pedigree to maybe watch out going to the final four is UCLA I mean great pedigree obviously they they have a rich history and I don't know man I think there's a path I really think there's a path for them and uh like they are another double digit seed to watch out for and uh I mean, them, and I will definitely say, like, Syracuse has impressed me. Mm-hmm. Out of uh, the three double-digit seeds that are in the uh, Sweet 16, it's Oral Roberts, uh, Syracuse, and UCLA. And, and Oregon and, State. And Oregon State, yep. Um, but I would say, for me personally, the two I would probably... Um, I would probably go Syracuse and UCLA, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? You you have Loyola Chicago knocking off uh, the Beavers. I that, do. In that, in that Midwest bracket. They are like, I watched them against Illinois, and obviously me and you, Big Ten mm-hmm. avid watchers, we, we know the Illini are a great team. Yeah. Like with Io and Kofi, it's just like they – I mean, not dominated, but they won the best conference. Yes, they did. They beat them by thirteen in that Midwest side. I mean, I'm not, I'm not counting them out. Um, they've got the the help of what Sister Jean over there, <laughs> Sister watching Jean. the games. I think 101 year old nun. Yep. She's uh, she's, she's a, aiding them along. She's an icon. Yeah. Um. That that's a, I I I like where your head's at, and with the way the bracket's going right now. Um, it's really all up in the air, so it's crazy. <laughs> we really don't know, ladies and gentlemen. We're no. just we're just projecting, like yes. yeah. But um, yeah. So uh, so we're going to transition now into me and Peyton's favorite baseball team, the Cincinnati Reds. Red legs. Yep. Um, we are going to. So I am going to. Uh, kick it to Peyton here, and I'm going to get his record for the team, Cy Young, his MVP, his breakout player, his reliever of the year, and his comeback player of the year, and his season outcome. So I'm going to kick it to Peyton for a couple minutes. So enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. I have mixed feelings about this Reds team. I actually saw, uh, I think it was a tweet last night, Talking about how people have high hopes um, for this season. Potentially the best rotation the Reds have had in a while. Obviously, you're without Bauer. It's mm. still a good rotation. Um, a secret, a secretly good bullpen. Um, they dealt 
or even got rid of. I don't even remember. Rysel Iglesias um, on the back end of that bullpen. He is he is gone. Th- um, thankfully, thankfully, I, 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 we haven't talked about Rysel Iglesias before, and I'm glad you feel the same way that we've we've parted ways. He's um, definitely no Aroldis Chapman. Let's no. just get that straight. He no. uh, he, he like. He saved like a third of the games. Yes. I mean, I'm being honest with you. Like, yeah. and but, uh, when the Reds were put in positions to save games, I mean, which didn't happen very often here over the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, things have been pretty dismal in in Cincinnati. Um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and say the Reds are going to finish 84 and 78, uh, just a tad bit over 500 um, in the NL Central. I think that gives them a shot. Um, Maybe to win the division. I know that the Central, um, what is it? The Cardinals picked up Paul Goldschmidt a couple years ago. They're still yeah. rocking with him. They picked up another big free agent, too. It's slipping my mind who it is right now. I'm sure you'll check that out. Um, Probably. So I think that's an 84-78 and 78 record. Nothing to hit home about. Not a 100-win season for the Reds. I don't think that's in their in their repertoire. We'll see what, uh, what kind of year Joey Votto has, but... Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado there at third base. They've got a really strong, really strong infield uh, with St. Louis, especially especially fielding. Paul Goldschmidt's a... a... Carpenter. Matt Carpenter, too, at third base. Yeah. Uh, And then Colton Wong there at second. Um, It's slipping my mind who uh, their shortstop is. Paul DeJong. DeJong, yeah. Yeah, yep, Paul DeJong. He's a speedster there, um, typically there at the top of their... Their hitting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure what to make of the NL Central. I know um, in the off season, a lot of people were talking about how much um, the NL Central. It doesn't feel like anyone's trying to make any moves um, in signings. Obviously, the Cardinals did end up getting Nolan Arenado. They have Goldschmidt. I know the Brewers were in talks to get a couple of those big name guys there in the off season. Some some steals, um, and it really didn't turn out to be anything. I don't think. Yeah. Um, so I think the Central's up, up for grabs. Um, the Pirates, you can count them out now. <laughs> lowest budget, I think. Beside, I think, yeah, I think they are the lowest in the in the majors. Um, even right up there with the uh, the Ohio team, the Indians, or the, um, the Cleveland baseball team, whatever we're gonna refer to them as. You know, they're a mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, the pirates, the the cupboard's pretty bare. Yes, not gonna just to put it to put it nicely. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. If they, my prediction, and it's not really a hot take, they're gonna have a bottom three record in baseball this Absolutely. year. Absolutely, exactly, but, uh, and especially in a pound for pound division that I mean, in the past has been the strongest in baseball. Mm. Obviously, it hasn't been that way the last couple of seasons, but I know there for that. I don't know, basically 2009, 2010 to 14, 15, maybe even to the 16th season. They were, if not the best division, one of. They finished 19 and 41 last year, the Pirates did. That's sad. (laughs) Yeah, not too good. Especially for one of those teams, I know know that I've got to get back on, on the Reds here, but for one of those teams that had a really bright spot, with all those young guys, they had Starling Marte for a while. They they dealt Andrew McCutcheon a couple years back. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll end up making his comeback to, to Pittsburgh here in the next couple of years. Um, they had Starling Marte. They had um, Gregor Blanco, Polanco, something like that. I think it's Polanco. Yeah. Uh, Gregor, yeah. Gregor Polanco. Yep. And then uh, I, I mean, they just had a lot of young guys, and it just feels like none of those guys have really panned out. I know yeah. my uh, my uncle Ryan. He's a big Pirates guy. <laughs> he uh, he doesn't have too many kind things to say anymore about that squad there in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I'll move on to the the Cy Young um, for the Reds. I'm hoping for a bounce back here for Luis Castillo. Um, Me too. Not a terrible season last year. Not bad. Very much overshadowed by the excellence of Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Um, I'm looking for a a strong start from him. Mm-hmm. Um, hoping he stays healthy um, and all that stuff. Um, I think the Reds MVP this year is going to be Mike Moustakis. Um, that might be a hot take. He is one of those guys where he was really successful there in uh, Kansas City. He won a World Series. Won a World Series. Has um, that championship pedigree. Definitely yeah. will help the Red Legs yeah, this and, season. And assuming Joey Votto does not play all 162, um, he can t- play some first, play some third. I think that they were looking to maybe make some moves to where he could play a lot more third. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he kind of played some weird time over there at second. They, uh, you know, they've played him like almost at every position in the infield except for like short. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he's a versatile player. I mean, he's a vers- and he's a guy you want in the lineup. He at does. Great American ballpark. He's a lefty, um, hitting out of the right field there. I mean, we know, we know that's it's, it. Just takes it in doesn't the early take much. Summer into July, man. Oh man, the balls are flying out. I mean, they're just. I mean, they are, I mean, it is like, it's so, it takes like, uh, it just doesn't take much no. to get it out of no. the right field. And I feel like we ballpark. see, I feel like we see home runs all the time end up in that right field bullpen. Um, <laughs> yep. So I'm looking forward to seeing some more from uh, Mike Moustakis this year. Uh, my breakout player of the year is going to be Jose Garcia. I feel like we've, we've heard about Jose Garcia now for the last I don't know. Couple feels like years. ages. Yeah, it feels um, like since like 2018. Yeah, it's like 2021. And uh, he finally broke into the into the lineup last year for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd come in in some pinch hitting situations. His debut was uh, August 27th, 2020. So yeah, yeah he it was, was late into the season then. Yeah, he's been in the he's been in the farm system for, for a while for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm really hoping that he can really hold on to that uh, shortstop spot, really solidify that. We haven't had a really strong shortstop since Cozart left. Um, Cozart loved Cozart. Such me too. a such a good fielder. Mm-hmm. He he couldn't hit that well, couldn't hit, but he could field. Yep, which is what we needed him for. Yep, yep. Um, so I'm gonna go to reliever of the year now. I think I'm gonna jump onto that. Um, mm-hmm. I. I I don't think there's a bigger fan of Amir Garrett than myself. Um, he's got Amir uh, Garrett's my guy. He's got an edge. He has the edge. Um, I think he just had a kid, or his wife's pregnant, or he got married, or something. I remember it, seeing pictures of that on Instagram, and I think she's pregnant. I think she's. Pregnant. I think he has a kid. Does he have the kid? I saw a tweet that said like the kid woke him up. Yeah. So I think he has a kid. Maybe 
Maybe another one on the way, but I think he does have a kid. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to give him a, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there. That um, that extra sleep that he's not getting at night is going to fuel his fire, and, uh, and he's going to, yep. uh, to be the reliever of the year um, in that sneaky good uh, bullpen. I know they picked up Sean Doolittle there in the offseason. I'm, yep. I'm expecting him to, to round out that, that bullpen maybe in that closing spot. I, have a pretty I think good year. that's going to be between him and Garrett. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, comeback player of the year, Tucker Barnhart. Okay. He is, in my opinion, second or third best defensive catcher in the league. He is a brick wall back there. Yeah, definitely. He, um, he was the guy after Mesoraco. Exactly. And uh, he even split time with Mesoraco there for a little bit. Before Mesoraco made his way out, and Who that, knows what he's doing now. And that's saying like a lot because Mesoraco, like he, he was a good defensive catcher. He wasn't bad. Like no. and the fact that like he was splitting time with them, that's impressive. Yeah, so I'm excited. Um, I'm hoping he he uh, finds his bat this year. Me too. Um, obviously, he's probably not going to be a guy that steps up into the the early part of the order. I wouldn't see him yeah. any much He'll any be... higher in the lineup than a five. Um, but I, I'm assuming he's going to sit in that 7-8 Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's going to, I mean, if I'm being honest, he'll probably be right before the pitcher. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. But I'm hoping that that bat comes alive and he can he can round out that, that again, sneaky good lineup. I mean, Castellanos, Votto. We're, we're a sneaky good team. Yeah. Like, and, uh, we, uh, and we showed it at the end of the season last year. And, um, you know, hopefully... Again, we can like you know realize that you have to play games mm-hmm. in the beginning of the season to make the playoffs and yep. not just go on a run at the end of the year. Yep. So, and then your season outcome. So I said eighty four and seventy eight. Mm-hmm. I think that puts the Reds in a spot for the second wild card spot there in the National League, mm-hmm. right around that. Um, assuming that. The top of the division is going to be between the Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers. Obviously, I don't know, man. I have it at a wild card loss. Okay. Um, to whoever they play there in that in that first weekend. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, I have high hopes for the season. I'm ready to watch an entire full baseball season this year. Looking because... to make a couple games down with uh, Sawyer to. Uh, Great American ballpark, maybe up to Progressive Field and watch uh, the Indians and Reds play. We're gonna we're gonna make a few trips this summer, yeah. especially if they open it up to full capacity, which they could. Mm-hmm. Keeping, I'm looking forward to that. Keeping hope out for that. Um, so I'll run through my predictions real quick um, before we finish up with the Blue Jackets. Um, got some stuff to say about that. Um, so, uh, record, I have them two less wins, 82 and 80, similar to your record, not really like a wide discrepancy there, but similar to your record. Um, Cy Young, I have Castillo looking for a bounce back year, as you said, wasn't a bad year last year, but it was not the year that we expect out of him. And I think that's kind of... As fans, we gotta get blinded because we expect the best out of athletes. Especially after he had such a good year the year before. 
Yeah. He, I think he was in the race for the Cy Young. I know Def- that he was an all-star maybe Definitely that year, was. maybe the year before. He won like 20 games. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And we were kind of overshadowed by the greatness of Bauer. But yeah, you're right. I'm, we're ready for him to... I'm ready for him to be the ace mm-hmm. again because I think last year was maybe more Bauer's the ace. But uh, MVP with you, Moustakis, versatile um, in the infield. Got a big bat, as we know. Uh, we saw that in Kansas City. Uh, breakout player, Nick Senzel. I like that. Love Senzel. He's young. He's, you know, fresh legs. I'm ready to see him out in center field. Mm-hmm. Yep, center yep. field. Um, reliever of the year, Doolittle. Loved that addition. Did some good things for the Nationals. Um, obviously, Nationals won the World Series a couple years ago mm-hmm. with, uh, yeah, yeah, 2019. Yeah, because Dodgers won it last year. Um, comeback Player of the Year, uh, uh, Aquino, the, oh, what's his nickname? The Punisher. The Punisher. <laughs> One of the greatest nicknames ever because mm-hmm. he punishes that damn baseball. Yes, he does. Like, Good lord. Like, he just, I mean, such a power hitter. Just the definition of a power hitter. Yep. Um, not because, I mean, I'm not picking him as a comeback player because he was hurt. I'm just, I think I'll have a better year, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, then the season outcome, uh, I like, you know, Peyton, your optimism, but I think we will barely miss the playoffs yeah. because Cincinnati sports, we get close, but not close <laughs> enough. No cigar. Yep, as a Bengals fan, uh, I can definitely uh, a lot of a lot of years where we got to the playoffs and just couldn't do anything. Yep. But uh, I could go into the Bengals in another episode. Um. So we uh, now talk about the Blue Jackets. Um. Peyton, I am again going to give you the floor first. Um. You can talk about, you know, what you've seen this season. Um. Thoughts on the coach? I think we have same ideas mm-hmm. about the coach. But uh, yeah, you can you can go ahead and start. So, as of late, and we'll talk March, the Jackets have looked significantly better. I have been impressed with a much improved team with the additions of Max Domi in the offseason. Um, obviously, we had Miko Koivu signed in the offseason, retiring there within... The first four or five games, I think, is what it was. Yep, then retire. And, yeah. I think guys are starting to catch on to what exactly is happening in that locker room. I think Domi wants to be here. I know that I had heard some some rumors of him potentially being in that, that trade window that's shortly approaching. Mm-hmm. But I know people have been talking about how they might end up being sellers there. Um, once the um, deadline comes up. Um, but it's one of those things. The Jackets seem to have kind of figured it out. Um, they took a painful loss last night to the Hurricanes. A 3-0 loss. Um, they had a stunner on Saturday. I don't know if you caught that. I was uh, at a, at an event. and uh, They played the Canes again. Played the Canes. Dougie Hamilton nets it. Um, in overtime, they ended up calling it back because he was offsides. Mm-hmm. My dad and I were watching on my phone b- uh, before uh, this concert um, had had taken place, and we saw Dougie net it, mm-hmm. and then uh, we turned it off and got back in the car, and 
I think they're uh, talking to Vladislav Gavrikov, and uh, he's like, yeah, I was in the tunnel before I, I heard the call, and it's one of those things. My dad and I were completely unaware, and mm-hmm. it, it, they ended up pulling it off, a W in the shootout, which feels like that never happens for the Jackets. <laughs> it, I, it, yeah. it's, yep. You can almost chalk it up 95% of the time. I think I've watched in all eight, 19 years of my life, I think I've seen five shootout wins is what it feels like. I feel like Yes, definitely. Incredibly I went, unclutch. I went to a game, I think it was a week ago, to play the Stars, mm. and I was with a few of my friends, and, um, you know, it's the shootout's going on, and this one guy for the Stars comes up, and... It's like uh, the third time, it's the third player for the shootout for the Stars. And my friend says, all right, we're getting ready to go home. Mm -hmm. And dude scores it, we go home sad. Um, You know, the Jackets, I totally agree. If it's going to a shootout, they will probably lose. Yes. Honestly. Yep. So, I know that you were wanting to talk about Tortorella. I mean, let's say... February 18th, they have a 3-0 win against Nashville. February 20th, 4-2 loss to Nashville. And after that Nashville loss, they lose six in a row. If you would have asked me half a month ago, month ago, I'm get John Tortorella off the bench of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Absolutely. It's one of those things where... I don't know where I feel right now. I think the guys maybe feel rejuvenated. I don't know what has changed in John Tortorella's eyes. Um, he benched Line A again, what was that, a week ago? Two weeks ago? Who knows what the deal with that is. And I saw a post-game interview where Line A was not happy. He no. was, you know, and I, I don't, I don't want him to put on a brave face for the inability of torts. I don't want him to explain to the media, you know, I don't know why I got in. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he should have been in there because he, to that point, had, I think, a goal and an assist. assist, Like, and I just, so with torts, I feel like torts tries to get kind of cute. And I'm like, dude, like, no need to get cute. Play the good players. You know that Torts is, you know, you know that Line A is a good player, excuse me, you know. And it was just kind of like the Dubois thing, like, escalated so quickly. When really, it all the media was saying, this could have been taken care of quietly, it's, Tortorella was the problem. It, it, Dubois and Dubois' agent were looking to handle things on the low. Luckily, things worked out. We ended up getting Roslovic in that line A trade with Dubois. Mm-hmm. I think it worked out for the better. Um, honestly, I'm not real sure of what Dubois is doing in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're irrelevant in that uh, northern division there. Yep. Um, but the thing is, we're going to know what this Jackets team is by the middle of April. They have the toughest stretch in their division coming up. Um, they play um, Carolina on Thursday. I'm actually going to be there for that game nice. um, for my dad's birthday. Very they have nice. two games in Detroit, at Detroit, 
Um, back-to-back days, a Saturday and Sunday game. One of those is going to be on NBC. I'm looking forward to that one. There you go. And then they play Tampa twice, the Panthers twice. They play Tampa again. And then round out that stretch with two in Chicago, or uh, two at home versus Chicago, and two in Dallas. Right before the trade deadline, they don't play Detroit again until uh, the 27th of April. That is a gauntlet, that to is say a the gauntlet. least. When those NHL power rankings come out, I don't know, weekly, maybe every two weeks. Probably They weekly. have Florida on top there. They've got Tampa in the top five, eight teams in the league. It's a brutal division, it dude. Is. And it's one of those things. I thought the Jackets easily had that a four spot in this division. Easily had a three spot. It's maybe one of those not. things where they started off so poor mm-hmm. that they dug themselves a hole. I definitely agree. Um, Look, the Columbus Blue Jackets are one of the most frustrating, but like, like, I get joy out of watching them. It's just two, like, separate ends of the spectrum. Like, I, I am either just really mad, frustrated, can't get the puck out of their zone, or they're, you know, having a good time and everybody's scoring goals and Domi's scoring goals and Lane's scoring goals and Bjork is scoring goals. Like, it's just, this team is weird. Like, it's like very, it's one of the weirdest teams I've seen. Like, because it's just, they're so inconsistent. They're wildly inconsistent. And when they're bad, they're terrible. And... You know, I'm not here to heap blame on, like, Domi. Because Domi, you know, was acquired this year. Yeah. So I'm not, like, I'm more looking to the dudes in the locker room. Or Lane, because Lane was, and Roslovich were just acquired. Like, I'm more looking to those guys in the locker room, like, Felino, Cam, Seth, Savard. Like, yeah. get us out of this. Boone Jenner. Boone Jenner. Boone Jenner. I love Boone Jenner. He, you know, and Boone is one of those guys where he's not going to dog it when he's on the ice. No. He's going to all-out effort, which I love. But the production just hasn't been there. Yeah. And and I know... Texier, too. Exactly. Texier, the production... Texier started off, started off so hot. And he's been so off. cold. Has cooled off. Definitely, definitely has cooled off. And the, and the I'm, I've got the, the standings pulled up here for the Central Division. The Lightning have won seven of their last ten... Hurricanes have lost or uh, won seven of their last ten. Panthers have won seven of the last ten. Mm-hmm. Blackhawks, who've got one game up on the Jackets, are three, six, and one in their last ten. The Blackhawks are not playing their best hockey. Um, I know that they had a couple guys return from injury, maybe added a couple more guys to their IR. They are not hitting stride right now. Honestly, I don't want to play the Blackhawks because Patrick Kane is a dirty dog against the Jackets. (laughs) He is, I mean, great, great player, man. I mean, look, do I think, obviously, as you said, this stretch over the next month will either make or break this team. Exactly. And And when you're sitting 15 points behind a team that has two games up, ahead on you in the lightning yep. at the top of that division you, you gotta figure something out 
It's literally, I mean, I don't know, like, if they're slow playing, the torts, like, exit. I don't know what they're doing. Mm-mm. Like, I wish I knew. I wish I was inside the organization and I knew. But I just don't. Because there have been opportunities to get rid of torts and they just haven't done it. So, I mean, you know. It, we'll see. Again, it's make or break this next month. We'll just have to, hopefully, you know, it'll be a make. Yeah. Um but we'll just have to find out this month. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, we are coming to the end of the episode. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for my buddy Peyton for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yep. No problem, man. You can come back to the show anytime. Um, again, uh, shout out to our sponsors. Oh, wait. We don't have no sponsors. Um, not yet. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, this week, uh, our goal will be around 20 plays. If you get 20 plays, um, share this with your friends, everybody uh, who likes to talk sports, and uh, we will see you very soon.